0: Sal Berry. If I tossed this Jake Neighbors rookie card at you like a ninja star, it would sting. And Tim Parrish.
1: Come on. Nobody wants a Dakota Joshua rookie. Nobody wants a Justin Barron rookie. This is the Puck Junk Podcast.
0: Hello and welcome to the Puck Junk Hockey Podcast. I'm Sal Barry, and with me is Tim Parrish. And today we are going to talk about two recently released hockey card sets. These are the 2021-22 Stature and Credential sets. So even though these sets were released in August, they're actually from the 21 22 seasons. So they're new old sets or old new sets or I don't know what you want to call them, but they're they're out now, so that's what we're talking about. Uh, They also have some redemption programs tied into them that we'll talk about. So anyways, uh, and then we'll talk about a few other odds and ends going on in hockey and hockey collecting. Tim, what's going on?
1: Oh, you know, just sitting here living the dream, bathing in all my cardboard pictures of men on skates.
0: Hey, you went to a battle of the bands yesterday. That must've been awesome.
1: If you want to call it that battle of bands is a marching band competition. They don't <laughs> really do battle.
0: <laughs> I'm kidding.
1: If it was a drumline competition, that's a little more battlesome, but no, it was marching band.
0: Yeah, four hours of marching band sounds.
1: Brings correct. me back to my old days of being in marching band back in the, the olden days. Yeah. So it's definitely different now. Bands have, like, recorded backing tracks that they use and all sorts of on-field visuals and stuff, so it's interesting.
0: Fireworks and and pyrotechnics and such. I
1: haven't, haven't seen the pyro yet. I'm waiting for that, but they were getting close with one of the shows. Group did a thing about fighting dragons or something, and they had a narrator that played in between their songs talking about, you know fighting dragons essentially and they had like dragon sounds being piped that, through a pa system
0: that kind of reminds me of the pre-game that they do for the vegas golden knights team it, where they,
1: yeah it's kind of like that
0: where they have like a knight skate out and then you have like the narrator and be like and the knight needed to fight the kraken and then they you know and then the lights will go dark and they'd have like scary sounds and stuff and then somebody will skate out in like the opposing team's colors or whatever and like fight the night and i know that's more performance than musical but still
1: that's what that's the thing that always gets to me because i'm like at what point do you draw the line between this is no longer marching it's just you're pumping in stuff and doing extra stuff to take away from the field show right Maybe maybe i'm old school when it comes to that
0: I'll tell you this, speaking of the Golden Knights, man, I miss watching hockey games. I can't wait for hockey season to start. And that's not just because the Blackhawks drafted Connor Bedard first overall, and he's supposed to be the next Connor McDavid.
1: I'm sure that doesn't hurt, though.
0: Doesn't hurt. I mean, it, it gives me incentive to watch. But I mean, literally, I'll watch any two NHL teams play. I don't care if they're first place teams, last place teams. I mean, I have my preferences when you have eight games on at the same time, you'd be like, oh, this team's playing. I want to watch them. And sometimes you're like, oh, man, I want to watch both of these games. And you kind of flip back and forth. But, like, I can watch any two NHL teams play. To me, that's just fun, especially, like, if I can make it to midnight. And if it's, like, a back-to-back type of thing, you know, then even better. But I miss that. I've been been watching Netflix. I've been trying to finish this series called Suits. I'm just trying to get it done because... I'm enjoying it, but, like, once hockey season starts, I'm probably not going to finish watching much of any series other than, like, a once-a-week type of Star Wars, Disney Plus kind of thing. You know what I mean? I, I won't have the time to say, like, oh, this has nine seasons. I'll watch them all this uh, this uh month or whatever.
1: Yeah, I don't—you know, I keep trying to get into different shows and stuff. My wife watches a ton of them, and she's mm-hmm. always like, would you like to watch this? And you like to watch that? And I'm always like, "Yeah." And I get caught in a rut. I like my cartoon network type shows that I could watch a billion times.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know all the mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. Seth MacFarlane cartoons and stuff, and Rick and Morty and those kind of things. I can watch those over and over and mm-hmm. over to sit and watch like a new series. I don't know. it bugs me. like i just I just finally watched the first four episodes of Ahsoka. Like just yesterday, yesterday morning. Okay, those have been out for like almost a month now.
0: Yeah, like three weeks. Like one and two came out in the same the same time.
1: But for being a somewhat Star Wars fan, I'm. I don't know. I was trying to avoid it. I guess I don't know. But what did I think? I, mean, I, know I, this is a- I I mean, I liked it so far. Um, I'm not like a uber Star Wars nerd. So I didn't watch all of like the Clone Wars and all that kind of stuff. So I'm mm-hmm. aware of some of the characters, but I don't know them like other fans do. Like they keep talking about Ezra. I'm aware who that is, but I never
0: watched the Clone Wars. Well, actually Ezra is a character from Star Wars Rebels. Rebel, and I yeah, that's highly, highly, highly recommend Rebels. Like Rebels takes place like five years before the original Star Wars. So You have Darth Vader make appearances. You have Obi-Wan make appearances. You you have characters from, like, the classic trilogy and, like, the prequel trilogy make appearances. It's a great show. Like, Clone Wars was pretty good. Rebels, 10 out of 10.
1: I hear a lot of people say that, too, but I just never—I don't know why I never watched it. I just
0: didn't. You don't watch things until you watch things, you know? You don't get into it until you get into it. But, uh— Yeah, I'll sit
1: there and I'll watch the History Channel for hours or I'll watch documentaries forever.
0: Uh oh. Uh oh. Middle aged dad.
1: I've always done that though.
0: Yeah. Uh oh. Uh oh. There's a World War II documentary on. Tim's going to watch it. Now he's torn. Doesn't know if he's going to watch hockey or this World War II documentary.
1: Most of the documentaries I watch though are more like car crash theater kind of documentaries. Oh. Like something bad happened or, you know, those different series like. Like those 80s, 90s, and 2000s, like the Dark Side series that are on Vice Network. I love all Mm -hmm. of them. Those are good. Mm
0: -hmm. All right, so let's talk some hockey, because that's why we're here. So, first thing I just want to mention, just at the top of the show, more autograph guests have been announced for the 2023 Fall Expo in Toronto. So, they've added Tom Barrasso, Marcel Dion, Dave Taylor, and Charlie Simmer as autograph guests. So, how about that? The whole Triple Crown line will be at the show and Tom Barrasso. And that's in addition to the players that they've already announced, like Mike Vernon, like Dave Keon, like Peter Forsberg, a bunch of others so far.
1: Look, PSA announcement for people that go to these shows. I'm not an autograph guy, per se. I don't stand in these long lines and, you know, try to get guys autographs. But you got to think about this. Your opportunities of getting Hockey Hall of Famer autographs don't come out very often. Certain guys it does, but most of the time doesn't come that often. And many of these guys aren't getting any younger. So having opportunities like that where you have a show that's accessible to a lot of people with that type of autograph guest list, that's crazy to me. You know, yeah, We talked before about how they do the national here and we're lucky to get and autograph guest in the hockey realm, let alone 10, 20, 50, all of them. So, Canadian fans are lucky.
0: So far, they've announced 15 autograph signers and included in that Ryan Getzlaff, Doug Gilmore, Jerry Cheevers, Mike Vernon, Pierre Turgeon, Caroline Ouellette, Paul Coffey, Wayne Cashman, Jacques LaPerrière. I already mentioned Peter Forsberg and then Tom Barrasso and the Triple Crown line. So lots of hockey guests, a couple of non-hockey guests in there, too. Mike Tyson, Reggie Jackson, Ric Flair.
1: So 15 hockey guys you announced and what? 12 of the 15 are all Hall of Famers.
0: Right. They were going to have Ken Hitchcock, but he canceled. But otherwise, if he didn't cancel, they would have pretty much had everybody from the 2023 class.
1: That's awesome. And I'm jealous.
0: Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting is it seems like Tom Barrasso is, like, just now starting to appear in shows. I don't remember him being at a lot of shows over, like, the past, I don't know, since he retired, really, 20-ish years ago.
1: His name doesn't pop up often, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and now I'm starting to see him. I want to say he did another show recently. He might have done the Spring Expo. I can't remember. I didn't go to it. But, no, it's just exciting. I mean... I'm going to go. I'm thinking about getting Paul Coffey's autograph just because I don't think I have it. And maybe Wayne Cashman, because I don't think I have his either. You know, some of these other guys and like Mike Vernon, I don't think I have anything signed by Mike Vernon. I'm not sure. Doug Gilmore, I have a few things signed because he'd actually pop up kind of regularly at the um, Chicago Blackhawk convention. I actually got him to sign his 92-93 Pinnacle Sidelines card where he's wearing the cowboy hat.
1: The gaucho picture.
0: Yes, yes. It, it, he, As he said, he's supposed to be an urban cowboy. And I asked him, I'm like, what's the story with this? And he just blurted out, he goes, the Maple Leafs made me do that. It was for a photo shoot. They said I was an urban cowboy. And I'm like, okay, would you please sign it in silver? (laughs) You know, great story, but like such an awkward hockey card. That's the kind of card I'd get signed for free. But if I was going to like pay money to get an autograph, I'd probably pick my battle a little bit better. You know what I'm saying?
1: See, if that would be a good thing, is to get, you know, the Bad Hockey Card Hall of Fame autographs and get those all signed by those people. You know, we could roll out Dino Cicerelli's card of him talking and feeding the rhinoceros and have him sign that.
0: That'd be great. I'd like that, actually. Yeah, get the Brian Pitton card signed.
1: Mike Greer can sign his pizza card.
0: Oh, that's a great card.
1: Again, let will sign his Super small, tight shorts playing ping pong cards.
0: <laughs> oh, that one, not the floating head card. Well, I don't. neither of those have made the Hall of Fame yet, but maybe Iggy needs to be in it. But there's also the floating head card from, uh, I think it's 97, 98 upper deck. It's a card of Jerome McGinlock. He's peeking out from behind a stick rack, but it's like, His head is like framed in black, so it almost looks like a floating head. But then you see the sticks, so it's like he's peering out from behind it. It's very creepy looking.
1: Yeah, I remember that one too.
0: You know, now we only see photos like that on upper deck UD canvas, like if we see anything like that. We don't see like fun, interesting hockey card photos like that anymore, unless it's on canvas.
1: It's funny you bring that up too, because I'm just going to bring this up now. Top Skate, yes, it still exists. Yes. Um, Top Skate came out with Stadium Club. You know, Stadium Club traditionally had interesting photos also. And they'd still do that with their baseball product, as they put out some interesting photos amongst the mix of the regular action shots and, and that kind of thing. And I noticed as as you would pull these cards and I'm looking at the pictures, it's all that. Like every photo on a stadium club card that Topps used for skate mm-hmm. is weird and bizarre. And most of them are like from behind or above or weird angles. It's interesting. It's very interesting. And I thought this is what we would get on upper deck canvas, only way worse. Because ninety percent of them are Brian Pitton cards.
0: <laughs> from or it's back just of from head. behind. Yeah.
1: Or Players at a face-off, but it's the overhead cam. So it could be a card of the player on the left. It could be a card of the player on the right. It could be a card of the referee. You don't know, because it's an overhead shot. And nobody is predominant in the photo. Or there's one of just everything in the foreground. It's, like, behind the bench, and everything in the foreground is really close, but it's super blurry. And if you look, like, between the grid work of the front of a goalie mask and look Mm -hmm. through one of like the little squares you'll see jordan biddington behind it Uh, and it's a jordan biddington card so it's like everything in the foreground is blurry he's just a clear photo in one of the squares of the cutouts of the mask
0: that actually sounds kind of cool
1: it's like interesting it's like one of those artistic photos but you see that on a card and you're like what
0: (laughs) i think where is it
1: oh
0: the problem with the hockey card is that it's such a small size. So if you're only going to give a very small portion of the front of the card to the subject, it makes it frustrating because you can't see the subject. Now, if that was blown up as a panoramic that would say like three feet wide, say three and a half by two and a half feet instead of three and a half by two and a half inches, then I could see that being cool.
1: Well, that's what I said. It's like one of those artsy type things, I guess, if you want to call it that.
0: Let's see here. 2223 Parkhurst came out on EPAC. It did. And this is kind of a big deal because it only came out on EPAC.
1: Yeah, we've previously had Parkhurst released on EPAC as well, but also on retail. And I think this is the first year that it's not going to be released as a retail product at all and will only be available through EPAC. So any opportunity of actually putting together a base parker set, you can throw that out the window because there are no base cards per se. All of your cards are going to be the quote-unquote hit card if you want to put them together and have those actually shipped to you. so. Uh, no more going to Walmart and Meyer and, I don't know, the Target had.
0: Never saw them at Target. Parkhurst.
1: Yeah, Walmart and I go to, sure.
0: I go to Target regularly. Like, there's two Targets that I hit, one by my work, one by my home. So, it's easy for me to go to Target, always peruse their hockey cards. And, uh, yeah, I've never seen Parkhurst there. Because if I did, I'd probably buy it.
1: Well, to make things even more interesting, so this came out August 30th. Mm-hmm. And anytime there's a epac only you always look at okay what can i put together with base cards and what can i meld and all that kind of stuff and parker's has been one of those big ones that always has that ability to put your cards together and combine them into something better that's kind of been the main focus of it on epac is to try to pull the parallels and then boost those parallels up well emerald ice autos are the big chase all the time there you know you got to I think put 10 of the base cards together to make a gold and then 10 of the golds to make the next one and so on and so forth. And eventually you can get to the emerald ice ones and the auto ones. 40% of them are gone
0: already. Wow.
1: Like they've already been redeemed. So that's kind of crazy. And then there's a McDavid Matthews dual auto card. Half of those have been redeemed already so people have been spending a lot of money on this product obviously or doing a ton of work to trade and combine and all of that kind of stuff so but if you still want physical parker's product there's always comp because that's where all those physical cards end up give this about a week or so and you should be able to find plenty for 27 cents and up
0: so, do you know if the base cards are combinable to make physical base parallels like with other sets?
1: You can. Uh, and again, I think it's pretty sure it's 10 that you need to combine to the next level. I mean, mm-hmm. you get one bronze parallel card in a pack on average. But, you know, again, in order to, you know, move things along in the combination, realm i believe it's 10 of the base card that you have to put together to make the next i believe it's bronze parallel and then it's either five or ten of those to make the gold and then five or ten of those to make the emerald i don't remember what the exact number is but right eventually you can roll it all up and get a nice achievement card if if you're able to put enough of those together so but again a bunch of them are gone already which shocked me.
0: Okay. So the other thing was you told me about a recent sale of a Connor McDavid Young Gun rookie card.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't bring this stuff up a lot, but this one was kind of significant. Golden Auctions had a BGS nine and a half McDavid Young Gun. So fifteen sixteen upper deck sold for almost 110,000. Why? Exactly. Why is the question? Well, here's <laughs> so, the thing.
0: We know that there's a lot of PSA 9s and 10s out there, right? And I know this is BGS 9.5. Yes. But there's no shortage of these things.
1: The card in general, correct. There is no shortage of them. In fact, it's a very highly graded card. And you'll notice the population counts on most of the major graders that post them are pretty high of these. So they've graded a ton of them. Nine and a half obviously being a pretty high grade when it comes to that kind of thing you got to keep in mind 110,000 the last time one of these sold it sold for less than half of that It was 54 grand so here's the thing not only is that the highest selling McDavid card it's the highest selling young gun we've seen I think probably ever at this point so I don't know I don't know if this is a trend think of it in terms of everybody else right you look at football and basketball and baseball Cards from those groupings sell for a lot all the time. I mean, we have million dollar card sales. Right. Fairly frequently. Hockey by nature has been, I mean, let's say, let's just say the, the word affordable mm-hmm. <laughs> compared to some of the other sports. So even when you turn and look at this and see, okay, arguably the best player in the NHL, his rookie card. At a very very high grade, is still only selling for one hundred and ten thousand. You know that guy in another sport triple that number, maybe quadruple it. But again, to a hockey collector like us, that is an absurd amount of money. Absurd.
0: Yeah, you know I have a Connor McDavid Young Gun BGS graded eight point five. I wonder what that would get me. Um. I'll settle for half that amount.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Here's the thing. First of all, get it to auction and you got to get it promoted. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to do that on eBay. So that's why I said this was a golden auction sale. So this wasn't like something that we couldn't confirm because the comp idea is flawed. This is an actual sale through a reputable yet questionable auction house. So there you go.
0: So speaking of rookie cards, Upper Deck hosted its Rookie Showcase last week, the NHLPA Rookie Showcase, where they have the top prospects and rookies for the upcoming season show up, skate around, they take photos of them for their hockey cards, and then they have them sign a bunch of stickers to be applied to hockey cards and, you know, stuff like hats and pucks and stuff like that as well. Our friend Clemente Lisi went to that, actually, and, Wrote a nice article about it for Sports Collectors Digest. So I will be sure to link to that in the show notes. But this is exciting because we got an upcoming season. We got an upcoming batch of rookies. I know we talked about the holdover rookies that were in the 23-24 MVP set. But now we're talking about, like, the new, new rookies, including guys that were just drafted this June. And so now they're getting their photos taken for the hockey cards. So now it's getting real, right? Now we're getting closer to getting the new cards of the newest players so it's always exciting when they say that and they put out those photos and you know we know okay well this is going to happen I mean we know it's going to happen anyways but it's just exciting because when they do these photo shoot photos they have the photos and then they can make the cards of them a lot quicker instead of having to wait for a game in October and then that delays things right so I think it's a good thing
1: yeah, and um, you can see Upper Deck and the NHLPA were posting a lot of pictures and stuff on their social media, and some interesting, interesting photos and video popped up. Makes me wonder how many products and things we're going to start to see that have some of these photos and pictures on them. A lot of the pre-season or even some of like the special cards and, and stuff that get thrown in generally have photos from this photo shoot. So a lot of the promotional stuff that you see in photos like that come from these type of events. So, you know, obviously not all the rookies are there. It's just the ones that got invited and the ones that decided to go. I think there were 30, 35, 40 guys there, I think.
0: Something like that, like 37, I think.
1: Yeah. There was a photo with
0: all of them. You'd have to count all the
1: heads, but I haven't I haven't done that. A couple teams, not represented, but, you know, what are you going to
0: do? Yeah, can only only worry about the ones that are there, right?
1: Yeah, I don't think there are any Penguin players there, and I don't think there are any Kings, I noticed on the picture.
0: You know, what's interesting is that now we have this sort of thing, like, quite regularly. Like, the NHL, PA, and Upper Deck would do this thing up until about the pandemic. That's when it stopped, because I know they didn't have one in 2020. I don't think they had one in 2021. In fact... I remember the one in 2019 because I was going to go to it and I didn't for, I won't get into that, but I was planning on going to that and I was invited to the one this year, but I just wasn't going to make the trip because it was in Virginia and it was like the day after Labor Day. And it just, you know, that I was like starting teaching like the next day and I'm just like, nah, it's just bad timing. Like if it was like July, August, cool. But like September, you know, with me being a teacher in school starting again, but you think back to the early 90s i mean this is what pinnacle score pinnacle same company would do with eric lindros when they wanted a card of him as a flyer for their 92 93 sets and he hadn't actually played for the flyers yet i mean he was going to play that fall we all knew he was going to play and so they used a photo shoot photo of him for the score and pinnacle sets and in the next year Pinnacle Brands did the same thing with Alexander Daig, who was the first overall pick for the Ottawa Senators, where they used a photo shoot photo of him for the score and Pinnacle sets, although the score card was a redemption card. So it wasn't ready in time for the start of the season, but there was a redemption card. But then when you mailed it in and you got it back, it was it's just a picture of Diggs standing there holding, you know, a hockey stick and wearing the senator's jersey. And I believe the pinnacle card had him skating on the ice. So, you know, it's funny how, like, these kind of one-off things that companies would do in the 90s became, like, an accepted practice. Not accepted necessarily by fans because be like, oh, that's stupid. I want a photo of them, and it's got to be a game action photo. It's just like, whatever, dude, he's... He's wearing a Penguins jersey. Shut up. It's a rookie card. Move on. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Well, that was all the that was all the vitriol over the Alexa Alonfrenier card. I had when no problem came out. with it. I had you know, no problem with like, it. He doesn't have any numbers on. What is going on with this picture? This isn't in a game. Why is it dark in the background? It's like, come on. You know, this where this came from. Everybody bitched and moaned. So Deck got it put into this product. It ain't happening again. They've already said Bedard will not be in series one and shut up about it. He'll be in series two as long as he plays and let's just move on with our life. Because, again, I keep bringing this up to everybody. They're like, man, how good is this Bedard guy going to be? I'm like, probably pretty good. But remember, he still has to make the team. (laughs) He could get cut. He won't. But I'm just saying there's a possibility. Slim, but none. Though, Clemente did say, when he was talking about it, he did bring up the fact that there were a ton of people just staking the place out. It wasn't normal. All <laughs> looking for Bedard and trying to get his autograph and everything else. So Crazy. Because they were outside the hotel, I guess, and outside the Capitol's practice facility where they did most of the photo shoots. So, it's kind of crazy. The madness has begun.
0: Yes, so let's talk about 21-22 stature, stature hockey cards. Even though this was a 21-22 product, it was released in mid-August of 23. The cost is about $150 per box. Uh, I will say that's a little cheaper than last year. I remember last year when I did a box break of stature, it was around $180. For 2021, which came out in 2022. Love the way that these come out so late now. It's like, this set from a year ago is coming out now. But anyways, so about 150 bucks a box. You get one pack. Eight cards in that pack. So basically, a box and a pack is the same thing. So it's not a cheap set. It's not a set for the meek. You get eight cards. And basically, this is the box breakdown. You get one autographed card that is signed on card. You get one rookie card. You get two base cards. You get one insert card. You get two numbered parallel cards. And then the eighth card is either a second autograph, a rookie card, or a numbered parallel. So pretty much it follows that script where you're going to get two base cards. You're going to get one autograph card. You're going to get an insert card. You're going to get two parallel cards, right? And then like the last card is the wild card where... Might be another autograph, might be a numbered parallel, might be another rookie card. So that's the deal with stature. They're thick cards. They're thicker. They're not quite as jersey card thick. They might be kind of like almost as thick as a jersey card or like the old jersey cards that weren't really that thick to begin with, but it's still pretty freaking heavy. They're printed on foil board. They're shiny. And a lot of them are serial numbered. And then just to give the breakdown on the set itself, Stature is a 200-card set. Cards 1 through 100 is the base set. It's a mix of veteran players and retired legends. These cards are not serial-numbered, but they do have serial-numbered parallels. The rookie cards are 101 to 200, and those are serial-numbered out of 399. So overall, 200-card set first hundred cards is a mix of legends and stars, current stars, retired legends. Second hundred cards are the short printed rookie cards that are serial numbered out of 399
1: I think for a higher end product like this, where you don't get very many per pack and it's broken out the way it is, I think a hundred rookies is too many.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with you there because it's, it's a tough build.
1: When you're going to build a vet set that's made up of retired players and current stars, you can't do 100 rookies. Come on. Do 150 base. Do 50 rookies. Cut the rookies down. Nobody wants a Dakota Joshua rookie. Nobody wants a Justin Barron rookie. Nobody wants a Riley Tuftle or Toofty. I don't even remember how you say that guy's name. The guy from the stars. Nobody wants those yeah maybe their local fan base does and i'm not trying to take anything away from them but come on when you have the higher end guys the mort cider the cole perfetti the cole caulfield the jamie drysdale you know those guys when that's what your list is built up those are the cars that people are looking for they're not Absolutely. going after some of these back end guys especially in a product like stature we are so- going to save that for something else so i think that's That's my only gripe with this, is I think they needed to cut back on the number of rookies. But otherwise, the card design and everything, I like stature. I've always liked stature. I think it's a sweet-looking, clean design.
0: I mean, it has all the bells and whistles. It has shiny foil board. It has gold stamping. The rookie cards are serial numbered. And the cards are thick. They're heavy. They're not like flimsy cards. They have heft. They have heft, right, yeah. You could hurt somebody with one of these. If I if I tossed this Jake neighbor's rookie card at you, it would sting.
1: Depends on how far you or how hard you threw it.
0: Right. Exactly. Whether it
1: was from close range or not.
0: Right. Uh, you got to
1: give it time to get that spin on it to where it turns into like a blade.
0: Like a ninja star.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Or like Gambit used to throw cards. The X-Men Gambit, he would throw playing cards, which was cool. But, you know, whatever happened with that. I
1: thought they were going to make a Gambit movie. Is that still
0: happening? I don't know. You know, the whole thing with, with Marvel and X-Men is complicated because before Marvel was bought by Disney, they sold a lot of their rights, which is why Spider-Man were like Sony movies and Avengers were Disney movies, because when Disney bought the IP, they didn't have the IP to Spider-Man and X-Men. So right. basically, like the Sony, best Sony holds on to that stuff. Right. So the best characters were bought by Sony. So... so <laughs> You know, I mean, I'll give you a similar story, and this has to do with comic books, but trading cards. In the early 90s, Impel put out a set of DC superhero trading cards, and they didn't have Batman in them. And the reason why they didn't have Batman in them is because Topps had the right to Batman because they did the Batman movie cards. So they did the Batman movie cards in 89 and then the Batman Returns movie cards in like 92. But like Tops, what they did was they bought the master license to make Batman trading cards, not just for the movies. So DC put out this set and they couldn't put Batman in their own set of cards because Tops had the rights to it. So it gets really, really hard when you have like... Well, Disney has Marvel, but not Spider-Man. But, okay, Sony finally figured out that, yeah, we should really have Spider-Man be a part of all the great stuff that's going on in the Disney Marvel movies with, like, Avengers and stuff like that. But, anyway. We don't have
1: Spider-Man, but we'll rent him for a little while.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, anyways, getting back to cards and not to throw at people. Yeah, they have a good heft to them. These are quality cards, but I would totally agree with you that if you're only going to give eight cards in a box and you're going to sell that box for 150 bucks, and your serial numbering and all these things, you know, 100 rookie cards is too many. If it was 50, it'd be a little bit easier to work on. And like you said, nobody wants rookie cards of, The certain players that you mentioned, and a lot of the other players. And especially like when a set is coming out a year after the fact, it doesn't matter. Meaning, like, it doesn't matter if you skimp out on certain rookie cards. Because when a set of hockey cards comes out, I'll just say on time, you're buying into the potential of that rookie. When the set comes out a year after the fact, you're not really buying into the potential. I mean, You kind of have a good feel after a year, really two years at this point, who the good rookies are and who aren't, right? So there's a lot of names that could have been cut from this. They could have cut it down to 50. They could have forgotten about the other 50. I understand that their production time is like, way whatever, you know, they're making this a year out ahead of time. But still, it doesn't feel like the kind of set that someone is going to buy a lot of boxes and try to build. They might just buy a box or two as a curiosity, and that's it.
1: I see that point. This has also become a big breaker product, too. So there have been cases and cases and cases and cases of this that have been busted open as part of breaks and, and those types of things. So, I mean, that's the thing, though. You pull a, you pull out of a break, uh, I don't know, the Philadelphia Flyers, and your only hit is... Is Wade Allison. I mean, come on. I would think you would not be too happy about that, especially right. if it's just the base number out of 399. Now, of course, if you get into the base autographs, mm-hmm. now we're talking a different story because the base autographs, oh, well, we've got a whole ton of rookie autographs, and you can pull one of these guys and have a shot at one of the greats that way, right? Wrong! Because Upper Deck forgot to put him in the product. So there's no Cole Caulfield in here. There's no Cole Caulfield. There's no Quentin Byfield. There's no Trevor zegris There's no Mason Raymond. Their autographs were conveniently left out for some reason.
0: Wait, who was They're, the last one you said? Lucas uh, Raymond.
1: Trev- Lucas Raymond, yes.
0: You Did said Mason, Mason
1: Raymond. Uh, whatever. Same difference. Um <laughs> Yeah. So like there's four of the big main rookie cards and their autographs are not there. They're missing from the checklist. So that's interesting because like you said, we're not talking about a brand new product that's just coming out and we're prospecting on a bunch of guys. We're talking about a product that's not even a 22, 23 product. This is a 21, 22 product. So these are the leftover rookies from 2021 and the new rookies for 21, 22 that we've already seen. They've already played. And some of them have already been relegated to the minor ranks. So what do we do in this case? Well, let's stuff the product with last year's too. That'll give it more value.
0: Oh yeah. So we should get into these uh, inserts and parallels. I actually want to just run through the parallels really quick. There are 15 different parallel sets. I'm not going to go through all of them, but there's a green version that's numbered out of 149. So that's the easiest one because my box had two green parallels. whoop de doo But, okay, so green out of uh, numbered out of 149, red numbered out of 75, blue numbered out of 35, black numbered out of 15, There are photo variants that are numbered out of 99. So they basically, it's the same card, but with a different photo. And then there's like different color variations of the photo variants. I don't want to get into that. And then there are the design variants, which are numbered out of 65. And they basically take the same photo, but they crop it differently. So they look like the base card, but it's just cropped in closer. Kind of like what Upper Deck would do with like OPG and OPG Retro, like certain years where they would just crop in closer on the player, but it was the same photo. And there are also color variations of the design variants. Now, the insert sets, there are 2021 stature update cards. There's autographs, and there's like different colored versions. The autograph that I got was an Alexander Holtz Red Rookie autograph. There's auto materials, different versions, Gravitas which is one of the inserts, and then there's like different colors. Gravitas Auto Patch, Legendary Heights, Legendary Heights Auto Materials with different color variations, Rookie Excellence with different color variations and Rookie Excellent Auto Patch with different color variations. Overall, there's 56 different insert sets. If you count the different color variations of all these different things. So. A lot of colors. One of those Chase the Rainbow sets. I mean, as much as I like the design of stature cards, and I do like the fact that you get one autograph per box. The fact that it's signed on card or hard signed, as people like to say. I like to say signed on card because that's what it is. I like it. I like the way these cards look. If this was like a $100 product instead of a $150 product, I'd probably want to buy a case of it. Well, I mean, obviously, if anything's cheaper, you're more likely to buy more of it. Like you said, when you look at some of the rookie cards that you can get, you know, out of the 100 card rookie checklist, it's like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah,
1: that's what I said. The difference between that and a new product, you look at the new product list and you're like, oh, this guy might be good. Oh, this might might be good. You look at this checklist and you're like, I already know half of these guys aren't aren't NHL caliber
0: yet. Right. Or right. might ever
1: be at this point. So
0: Right. So I mean, in a way, it's it's kind of fun to buy product when it's from a season or two ago because you already know who the standouts are. So you get a Cole Caulfield or you get a Trevor egress or you get a Mort Sider or you get Cole Perfetti or whomever else. And you're just like, all right. You know what I mean? Like you're even more excited about it because that guy has already has an established track record. But then when you get guys who are already playing in the AHL, the ECHL, the KHL, and you're just like. Eh, great. And it's autographed, too. Great. <laughs> yeah.
1: Those are the long term holds with the hope that they might come back.
0: Well, you never know. You know, you never know. I mean, we see this quite a bit. Just even a recent example, like 2021, everybody was talking about Alexei Lafreniere and then Kirill Kaprizov later on, right? But then people are like, oh, my God, this Jason Robertson is good. When were his rookie cards? Oh, they were from a year ago. Or, oh, my God, Jake Ottinger, he's doing really good. Oh, he was another 2020. 2021 rookie card that flew under everybody's radar, right? Because everybody was so obsessed with getting Lafreniere in Series 1 and getting off in Series 2 that, like, there were other guys that just, you know, that a year or two later, people were like, oh, wow, cool. So you never know, and that's the fun part. This is a set of cards I would like to buy the base set of. In fact, I am going to go to the Fall Expo in Toronto, booked my flight, booked my hotel, bought my four-day pass to the show. I'm going to actually be there all four days. So if you see me, say hi. If you want a bad hockey card Hall of Fame set, I'll have them on hand to pass out to people who want one if you run into me at the show. But I feel like this is going to be one of those sets that I might be able to build at the expo because I'm sure there will be dealers selling the base cards for like, a buck or something because they're not even numbered. I mean, maybe like Bobby Orr, and Wayne Gretzky, those might be five or ten dollars or whatever. But I feel like a lot of them are just going to be like a dollar or two. And this would be a fun base set to put together because you got your best players in the league and you got some of the best players to ever have played in the league. So I see it as a set that I want to have, that I want to build, but not necessarily a set that I want to put together box by box.
1: No, that'd be impossible. Yeah, it it really would. I like the fact that it's low numbered for the most part. I like the design of these. It's a very well done and feels high end, whether it's mid or not. It's definitely not boring and it has a lot of eye appeal. You know, the color, the colorfulness of the cards and the that prism board on the background is, that makes them really nice. I've liked these since their initial release. I just wish they would have tweaked the checklist a little bit. That's all.
0: Yeah, so now credentials is another interesting set to talk about because, again, it came out in August. It came out in early August of 2023, so even though it's a 21-22 product, it came out right before the 23-24 season. It's about 150 bucks a box as well. Well, actually, when it launched, it was around 150 Right now, it's selling for $110 per box. You get eight packs per box. You get six cards per pack. So you get a few more cards in this than you do with stature. You get, you know, more packs open, more cards. Now, here's the thing. Each box contains either an autograph or a non-autographed acetate card. And that's the big caveat, which I'll talk about more in a bit. Because you know how I feel about like you might get an autograph or you might get this thing. You might get this pony or you might get this drawing of a pony that we're going to tell you is more rare than the pony. (laughs) Because anybody could buy a pony, right? But to have this original painting of a pony is a better thing, right? Tell that to your six-year-old. See what they say. Um, Here's a pony
1: or here's an NFT of a pony.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much how it feels like. So most, but not all of the autographs, if you get one in a box, most of them are hard signed. They are signed on card. There are 2019-20 update and 2021 update debut ticket access cards. And that was really confusing to me because, uh, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but like there are like two previous credential sets put into this set as well. So it's a 150 card set. Now this I found odd. The base set's only 50 cards, and they're all the, like, best players in the league. So it's like the top 50 players in the NHL are the base set. And, like, my box had a lot of base cards. I think I ended up with, like, 32 base cards or something. I mean, it's two boxes of this. You'll build the base set because it's so small. It's only 50 cards. Then cards 51 through 150 are all rookie cards. So this is another set with a massive rookie checklist. Can it have been cut down? Yeah, probably, just like stature could have been cut down. But here's the other thing that's kind of funny, is that the rookie cards are serial numbered, and they are serial numbered differently based on what number the card is. So, for instance, cards 51 through 110 are serial numbered out of 999. Cards 111 through 135 are serial numbered out of 799. Cards 136 through 145 are serial numbered out of 599. And cards 146 through 150 are serial numbered out of 299. Now, there are five cards that are serial numbered out of 299. They're the last five cards in the set. And Tim, I don't know if you're looking at the checklist, hopefully not, because I think without even looking at a checklist, you can guess which five are the hardest pulls to get from the rookie class, from the 21-22 rookie class.
1: Uh, well, I'm going to say Caulfield.
0: Paul Caulfield is number 148, so yes. Or sorry, 149, uh, so yes.
1: I would say Raymond.
0: Probably, uh, yes, number probably 150. Probably Cider. Uh Mort is number 148. So who's 146 and 147 in any order?
1: Probably Byfield and Ziegris would be my guess.
0: Ziegris, yes, but not Byfield because
1: Uh, I Spencer Knight.
0: Yes. Okay. Now if it was Jeremy
1: Swayman would be my next guess.
0: Right. Well, now, if the set was put out at the beginning of the 21-22 season, you know, Byfield would have been one of the harder pulls to get because potential. But this yeah, set has he come fell out.
1: Yeah, off with that injury.
0: Yeah. This set has come out so late now. Upper Deck basically said, who are the best five rookies from 21-22? And you pretty much just rattled them off. There's a little wiggle room. I mean, you could you could probably argue for another player. But yeah, Spencer Knight, Trevor Zegers, Mort Sider, Cole Caulfield, Lucas Raymond. Right. Those were. Probably the best rookies from the 21-22 rookie class as far as rookie cards go. So they knew what they were doing when they made those the hard ones to pull. So it's like if they had enough time to know, hey, these are the most popular guys. Let's make them really hard to get. They could have probably said, ah, these are the guys that nobody wants. Let's not even put them in the set. They could 51 through 110 are numbered out of 999. They could have probably cut 30 of those guys, maybe. I don't know. Could this have been just a 50-card rookie card set? Probably.
1: Yeah, it could have also been a 50-card set. If I'm going to advocate on the let's cut the number of rookie cards down, I would still be more inclined to cut the stature list down rather than the credentials list because credentials traditionally isn't the higher end product. Mm -hmm. It was this year at release. This was a ton for boxes, right? I mean like a ridiculous amount of money for what this probably should have been, especially for a box that's got no guaranteed auto. I mean, the fact that you get an auto or a non auto acetate in this box, well, what does that mean? That means you're either going to get an acetate card. You might get a signed one, but it's not a guarantee. So it already makes it a super high-risk product. And for something that's, I mean, let's face it, credentials is basically a direct ripoff of Panini Contenders. And we talked about that when 19 came out, that it looks just like Panini Contenders. Now add to the fact that it's late, and you added a canceled product into it, And you've had the previous year's update version to it. So you've got two updates stacked on top of the regular product. You've already tiered off what the rookies are going to be. You threw about 50 too many into the list. You can't tell me this isn't a watered down product because it is. Uh, That's just my opinion. I think it's completely watered down. But again, just like we just briefly mentioned, and I think we might want to bring up the reasoning behind it and what they're doing to fix it. But those big name rookies are missing from the auto checklist too, in this product as well. They're just not there.
0: Yeah, that definitely takes the wind out of its sails, right?
1: Yeah. So the fact that you're not guaranteed an auto, nor even if you got one, it's going to be one of those guys. Because they're not in there. So it's like...
0: uh... So real quick, let me just rattle off the parallels because there's quite a few parallels. So there are teal, yellow, indigo, red, orange, blue, neon green, pink, purple, green, gold, and black. And those are red from most plentiful to least plentiful with teal being numbered out of 399, blacks being numbered out of one. And then the other ones, I don't think people really Lose sleep if I don't tell them that the orange are numbered out of 149 and the pink are numbered out of only 49. Whatever the point is, is that there's a lot of parallels, and then dude, there are 97 different insert sets. I'll say that again 97. Insert sets. We thought ice was ridiculous with its 60 different insert sets. And we talked about that a couple shows ago because that had all the different ice updates from like previous years. But this has 2019 20 debut ticket access in many different colors, 2019 20 debut ticket access photo variants, and then 2021 acetate debut ticket access and ticket access autographs. There's 2021 debut ticket access in like different colors and then uh, 2021 debut ticket access autographs in many different colors. And then there's acetate versions. There's something called dual ticket autograph access or dual ticket access autographs. I should say in many different colors, mainstay signatures, retro ticket access autographs. So There's like a lot of different autographed insert sets. Provisions, that's an unannounced insert. There's a few unannounced insert sets in this. Provisions was one. Colorful Characters is another one. Emphatic Moments and H-A-T, because it's for hat trick. So Emphatic Moments is another unannounced insert. We have Rookie Arrivals, Rookie Arrivals Autographs. Speed of the Game, Speed of the Game Rookies. Stars of the Night, First Star, Second Star, Third Star. Those are different sets. And Star of the Night Rookies, First star, second star, third star, and then view from the glass. So there's just like a lot of different insert sets. And I'll tell you this, I got a lot of the Star of the Nights. They're okay. They're like these horizontal cards. They look all right. But.
1: Remind me of those, um, those blue. What were they even called? Like the Science of the Game or something cards from uh, Full Force?
0: Oh, yeah, the blueprint.
1: Uh, oh, blueprint, yeah.
0: Well, there's also Red Star of the game. But yeah, I guess the sideways ones with that the blue background. I like those blueprint full force cards. I kind of regret not trying to build that set. Like, I think I ended up just getting rid of all my <laughs> inserts from full force because I'm like, eh, I'm never going to build these, right? But the blueprints were cool. But here's the funny thing. Funny haha or funny sad, I'm not sure which. I got a lot of rookie ticket access cards, and I was like, yay! And then I realized, wait, why did the designs look all different? Then I realized that I only got one from twenty one twenty two. I got Mason McTavish, which is numbered out of 599. And I'm like, okay, solid prospect. I mean, I don't think he had as big of a season as we thought he was going to have, but I think he's on the up and up. I mean, he had that monster World Junior Championship for Team Canada, and... <laughs> Like, he basically did everything that a player could do. I mean, I know Connor Bedard did the same thing for the next WJC, but still, like, Mason McTavish had, like, a great World Junior Championship. And, you know, the Ducks are just not a great team, but I feel like he's still, like, one of the young, promising players. But then I got another three debut ticket access from 2021 in, like, different colors, and I was just like, "Uh, okay, so I got... I didn't even get the thing. I got the parallel of the thing. And then the thing that really kind of threw me off was I got a debut ticket access autograph of Cody Glass. And that confused me because when I opened this product, I didn't realize that there were cards from the previous years in this. Like what I'll do is like, When I get a product, I just want to open it. I don't want to do a ton of research. By the time I have it in my hands, I just want to open it and see what the cards look like. So then when I go back and kind of research what I have and I check them against trading card DB and I go, oh, that's actually a parallel. Oh, that's actually an insert. Oh, that's a buyback. Oh, that's a update from the previous year. Right. You know what I mean? So I kind of like figure it out after the fact. So I was trying to figure out I'm like well, this is a Cody Glass card, but I know he doesn't play on the Golden Knights anymore. And it says debut ticket access. That means it's a rookie card. I'm like, but he was a rookie a long time ago. And then after the fact, they go, oh, okay. You know, I find out that this is actually a rookie card. And the one that I got is the gold one of one version. I don't think I've ever pulled a one of one before. Well, that's not true. I've pulled the printing plate once on EPAC. And those are one of ones. I can't remember the last time I've pulled a one-of-one from a box product. So
1: anytime you pull a one-of-one, I think you're doing pretty good.
0: Well, it depends who it is. I mean, I like Cody Glass because he played some games for the Chicago Wolves that season that they lost to the Charlotte Checkers in the Calder Cup Finals. He was brought up at the end of the season, and then he played for the Wolves. And so we watched him, and we're like, yeah, this kid's going to be in the NHL next season. He's just visiting. So it's kind of cool to say that I saw him play before he went to the Golden Knights.
1: Well, you bring up a good point with that, too. And we keep mentioning it. And I'm sure people's heads are already spinning because we've thrown out multiple dates while we're talking about this product. (laughs) And that's the thing. I like 1920 credentials. Like when it first came out, I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. It's kind of like a playoff of what Panini does with Contenders. But it's kind of cool. You know, the, the cards look like a ticket, or at least the debut tickets do. And, you know, that's kind of neat. But they look like tickets. You know, the top part of the card is in color. Bottom part is white. It has mm-hmm. the the, you know, the barcode on it. The 21 design, twenty they've eliminated that. They're all foily. The whole right. entire card is foily. So it almost makes it look like there's missing something at the bottom. Like, that's the place for where the autograph sticker is supposed to be. That's almost how it looks. Because you can't really see the barcode for the ticket scan. So they've ceased to look like tickets. And I think that kind of takes away from what the product was originally designed for. But more than any of that, 2020-21, they canceled it. So it didn't come out. So here's a debut product. Got some popularity behind it. The next year... We can't do this one. We're going to scrap it. So then the following year, what do you do? Do you scrap it again? No. We're going to come out with it. And as an added bonus, for those of you that wanted the 2021 rookies, we're going to throw all of them into this one because apparently we have them. So using the old design that we were going to use for 2021 that we had on our sell sheets originally, we're going to use that. We're going to make the rookies and we're going to throw all those in there. Happy birthday. Oh, by the way, since we're going to put the 2021 in there, we might as well put what we were going to put into that product, which was also the 1920 <laughs> updates, those 10 <laughs> cards. So we're going to throw those 10 cards and all of their variants and stuff into this product also. So, yeah. So when, we, when we we're when throwing out all these different dates, 1920, 2021, and 2122 credentials are all sandwiched in this one box. So when I talk about it being watered down, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of inserts. There's a lot of parallels. And there's three different products. Granted, the 1920 is only 10 cards in the base main set because it's the update set. But still, you have all the 20s in there. And you have all the 21s. Except you don't have the best players autographs. (laughs) Still. And here's the thing. I think we talked about this in a different show when Upper Deck made this announcement. So I'm just going to bring it up now because we might as well do it because I've brought it up multiple times. Upper Deck announced that they're going to have a redemption program, right? We're going to do this rookie autograph bonus card program because, well, because we we like our collectors and we want them to do this. They never admitted what they actually did, and that was left off key rookies from their checklist for both of these products that we've talked about today so from august 15th through august 14th of next year this bonus card program gives you the, essentially the opportunity to get a few different cole caulfield autograph cards depending on which product you open so if you like credentials and you busted open credentials here you like stature and that's why you bought it because you're looking for cole caulfield autographs well you're out of luck unless you go after this So what you have to do is there's these select cards that are designated for both sets. So since we're talking about credentials here, the credentials box, collectors have to collect and redeem the first 22 orange parallel versions of the base set. Now, if you go back to what we were talking about, the base set is out of 149, the base orange, Mm
0: -hmm. right? Yes.
1: They're out of 149. So if you do that... You can get access to receive one of five different debut ticket access autos of Cole Caulfield, either the base version, the red, the blue, the black, the purple, whichever, whichever one. But you have to get 22 of these cards that are numbered out of 149. And then you have an opportunity to cash those in and get one of these potential Cole Caulfield autographs. Or earlier we talked about stature you have to redeem one of the base photo variants of Nick Suzuki. So remember what I said, base card photo variant. Mm -hmm. So it's already short printed. It's already harder to find, but if you get one, you can then redeem it and get access to, I think it was 15 different Cole Caulfield autos that they have. So what am I saying? That sounds complicated. The gist of it is Caulfield, Byfield, Zgris, Raymond, They're all missing from the rookie autograph checklist in 2021. They're also missing Sorokin and Kaprizov, if we're going to be honest. So because of that, the sell sheets had an image of Zgris on a rookie ticket for for uh, credentials. credentials. Not in there, by the way. So it doesn't exist. So this new bounty program is their way of fixing their screw up. Now, comments on that? Anything to say on that? Like, what does that do to somebody that thinks that they're going to have an opportunity to pull one of those cards and doesn't know about this program? They're either going to go to the checklist first and break this product, or they're going to just assume that it's in there because of the date on the product and go, right. what the heck? You mean to tell me this entire time these weren't even in the product? I can't even pull one of these. So the fact that they're actually making you work to go out and get an opportunity and you have to pull a card that's numbered out of 149 not once not twice but 22 times to finish the whole entire set
0: and then redeem that if this frames things a little bit my box had one numbered base card parallel and it was actually the red one numbered out of 199
1: yeah see so that was not even eligible for that yeah it production.
0: wasn't the Wasn't the orange for 149, it was a red out of 199. So, like going by that logic, you're gonna have to buy 22 boxes because you're probably gonna get one, maybe one. I mean, I did get other numbered parallels, but they were all the 2021 debut ticket access, like parallel cards. So, as far as like base cards go, I only got like a Matthew Kachuk base parallel, and it's like the red version, and it's card number 19. So if it was the orange one, I'd have 122nd, or I'd be 122nd of the way towards getting that autographed card. (sighs) These are just not really fair redemptions. I mean, I like the fact that Upper Deck is trying to fix a problem. You know, the problem is hey, we put out these two products and the best rookie or one of the most desirable rookies, well, five of the most desirable rookies aren't in this product. But we're going to try to rectify that and say, okay, well, everybody likes Cole Caulfield. Let's give you a way to get his rookie card, autographed rookie card somehow. Right. But just the way that you get it is just too hard. I know I sound like I'm complaining, but, you know, just like one of those rich get richer things like I could buy five boxes of cards, you could buy five boxes of cards, and maybe one of us pulls that autograph, and, you know, if you do, more power to you, or if I do, yay, right? But, like, when it just becomes, It's not complaining, though. It's a
1: legitimate gripe.
0: It is a legitimate gripe, because it's just like, okay, well, now I have to collect 22 parallels of cards that I don't really want. Like, do I want the base cards? Yes, because, actually, I like the base design of... Credentials, I'll say this really quick. I like the base card design of Credentials. It kind of reminds me a little bit of SP Authentic and a little bit like Fleer Retro. If you remember 1213 FLIR Retro had like a ton of foil on it. These have a ton of foil. These have like a cutout photo of the player with the team logo ghosted behind them. And I think it looks really cool. And then the back uses the same photo, but not cut out and has like five years of stats. And I think this is actually a pretty nice base set. I do. It's only 50 cards. So one way or another, I'm going to get this base set because it's only 50 cards and you get like 30 of them in like a box. So two boxes, you could build the base set. I'm sure anybody breaking a lot of this product is going to be like selling the base sets because they're easy to build.
1: That's the other thing too. Those that are out there that are going to be trying to hedge their bets and make it easier for them to be eligible for one of these coffee old auto rookies. What do you do? Do you sell these off? Does this make the orange parallel worth way more than it should be because but there's going to the, be a bigger demand,
0: but only the first 22.
1: Yeah. And here, think about this. There's 149 of them, right? Cause they're numbered out of 149. So the first 22 are numbered out of 149. So that means right. there's 149 of each, right? So 149 total sets of the orange. Exist. Mm-hmm. Does that mean there's 149 Cole Caulfield autos that they have sitting right around, waiting to be redeemed? Because here's the thing: there's more than 149 people that are going to be searching for these. Way more than that. So let's put it this way: let's say 500 people wanted to go and build this to try to get that card. Everybody's going to be stalled out at some point because there's going to be too many people between the ones trying to go after the bounty and the ones that are just collecting the cards for their PCs Mm -hmm. or the ones that might rarely, in the case, may be building a set out of this. How many of these are going to actually get redeemed is what I want to know. I went to the bounty site, and look, it's not even posted on there. So I don't know if anybody's attempted to do this yet or what the results are, but I know it's not up on the bounty site. And it's I think not, that's because you have to physically send these in.
0: Technically it's not an upper deck bounty program because those okay. usually have to do with redemption codes. You're right, this is a mail-in type of redemption thing. Again, I think this is too hard. Like when I first yeah. heard about it, I thought, okay, well, this is kind of nice. They're trying to fix a problem, but now I'm like, but I don't know if this is the best way to do it. I'm sure they thought long and hard about this because this is upper decks business. They want to keep people happy. And if you don't have one of the best rookies autograph in a product, that's a problem. And they're trying to fix the problem. But really, the only fair way is if the card is in the product itself or if there's a redemption card. I know we hate redemptions, blah, 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 necessary evil, and I'd be fine with that. I'd rather be like, okay, cool, I got this redemption card, and I'm going to have to wait six months. But at least I know I'm going to get it because it's Upper Deck and not Panini. Ooh, I went there.
1: There wasn't really anywhere to go. That was the truth.
0: Right, yes. Just having to do all these side quests,
1: you know? Well, and that's my point of the whole thing is, A, how many of these are actually going to get redeemed? And B, why did you do this in the first place if you knew you couldn't fill the product with the auto cards, whether it's because you didn't get them back in time or whether it's because the players didn't sign the stickers in time or... Whatever that may be, you could have thrown a redemption in there, whether you'd wanted to or not. You could have last minute stuffed it with a redemption just said, hey, when we get these, we get them, and we'll honor them then. Because here's what's going to happen. You made this so difficult, in my opinion, and your opinion, obviously. What happens to the leftovers that are sitting around? Because this only goes until August of next year. And this product, I feel like it's already fizzled out a little bit. And this made it even worse so there might still be a ton of this sitting on shelves by the time the redemption becomes or the bounty becomes null and void this time next year do all these get redeemed and if they don't what happens with the rest of these autographs the ones for credentials and the ones for stature does upper deck then turn around and shove them in 22 23 and just say oh guess what here's 21 22 update, and it's got Caulfield all of a sudden with an auto and the other guys with autos that they didn't have in this product. But at least with the Caulfield, then what? Then it shows up, and then there's all these collectors that tried to get the bounty, never could, and now all of a sudden it's in the product. So they wasted how much time and money doing right. the other thing, only to find out it came out again next year. I don't know. You're right. They had to respond. They had to do something. I'm glad that they are doing something. I don't know if this was the right way about it. I guess they made it super hard to give everybody the same odds of opportunity of pulling versus completing the bounty. But, I mean, you and I talked about it before when they made this announcement. Look at what it's done to some cards that wouldn't normally be as much as they are. That Suzuki card that you needed for stature was like a $4 card or less like two days before they made the announcement. Then you go on eBay after they make this announcement, and all of a sudden this card is selling for upwards of $100.
0: I know it's the photo variant of the Nick Suzuki, or is it one of the colored photo variant parallels?
1: It just said photo variant. I don't think it's specified. It made a card that was relatively a common card, more or less into a ridiculously premium car. Even some of like the player breaks, which I don't like very much, but a lot of breakers do player breaks now and sell spots for five, six bucks for a player. The Suzuki ones were that and then after the fact they were $80 or more. You know, again, you have to pull the photo variant. I get it, but come on. A card that was sold for six bucks prior to the announcement that goes for a hundred forty eight hours later because you decided to oops. Here's what we're gonna to do to make up for it. And again, I get it. Like you said, they had to do something. I don't know if this was the right choice, but I guess we'll see. I, I haven't seen any of these pop up secondary. So I don't know that anybody's actually pulled off the redemption yet. or if they did, I don't know that anybody's gotten actually redeemed for it. So, guess we'll find out in these next few months
0: well the unredeemed cards always find their way onto the market somehow and usually upper deck will substitute one for another like maybe you're promised one card and they can't deliver it so then they'll substitute it for another card and whenever upper deck has done a substitution i've pretty much i think every single time i've been like happy or super happy with what they've sent me I always go back to this example because I don't think I'll ever top this one I got a um was a Patrice Bergeron I don't know if it was autographed patch card or if it was an autographed jersey card because it was a long time ago but it was a Patrice Bergeron card they couldn't fulfill it and then after a year they sent me a replacement, and their replacement was a two thousand seven, two thousand eight SP authentic Tuka Rask rookie autograph. And I'm like, okay, that works for me. I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> Patrice who? No, I'm kidding. I mean Patrice Bergeron is going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's retired. You know, give him a couple of years to be eligible. He'll be in the Hall of Fame. But. It was just like, okay, the thing that they gave me was, like, way better than the thing that they originally were going to give me, and I'm okay with that. I I had, like, no complaints, right? And any other time where I've, like, sent in a card for a replacement, they gave me a card that was better than the card that I sent in because they couldn't match the card that I sent in. Or if it was, like, replacing a defective product, or if it was a redemption that they couldn't honor, which I think that was the only time that happened. So...
1: And that's fine if you have a couple laying around that you can use for replacements and build that into the back end of it. But the fact that this card, these were never even made into the product. Like, they didn't make it to the checklist. They very well should have, but they didn't. So, okay, well, we know that, and uh, we're sorry. So, here. So, you're telling me that you're going to give replacement, redemption cards? To people that were cards that should have been packed out. I don't like that. I understand it. I don't like it. Because it always makes me feel like, why do you have these cards lying around for replacement? You know? Like, they should have been packed out. They should have been in the product. But they weren't. We can talk about this ad nauseum. I mean, it is what it is. You do have an opportunity to get the cards. They're available via the bounty program. You're going to have to do work if you want to get them. Are we happy about that? Eh, Probably not. But... Here we are.
0: It's unfortunate when you want to buy a product, but it doesn't have the best possible cards in it. And if you want to get those best possible cards, you're going to have to work for them. Yeah, Harder than just buying the product. I mean, we have to work to make the money to buy the product. Now, the fact that you have to buy the product, which cost you money, which you had to work for, but now you have to like spend time and money and effort. And time is money and money is money and effort is money. So it's all more money, basically, to like track down, the things that you need to get the thing that you wanted in the first place. Because I would love a Cole Caulfield autograph. That would be look awesome sitting on my shelf.
1: Absolutely. You're just going to have to work for it if you want it out of one of these two products. Overall, I do like credentials. I've liked credentials. I like the original release of credentials. I don't like this year's design. I like the 2020-21 design that's mm. stuffed into this product because it Mm -hmm. still has that ticket feel to it. I think they overdid it with the foil board. There's a fine line between what's cool mirror and what's over too much mirror, I think. I think this is too much mirror because it takes away from the ticket aspect of those debut ticket cards. Right, Um, with the
0: barcode at the bottom, right?
1: Yeah, to make them look like the tickets. So, I mean, again, I feel like overall this is watered down, though. I'm glad the prices of boxes have come way down. Because I think that gets it a little more into the range of something that doesn't guarantee you an auto. That's just my take.
0: So, as we wrap up the show, I want to read a uh, review that we got recently on uh, Apple Podcasts. Yes, a review. Somebody left us a five star rating and they also wrote a short review of the show. So, I'd like to read it here for our listeners. So, this is from B. Steven 15 via Apple Podcasts Canada. So B Stephen fifteen or B Stephen fifteen? I don't know. ST. And a
1: Canadian listener. Wow.
0: I know, and they're they're harsher critics, so and rightly so. So B Stephen fifteen says recently found and happy to find five stars, and then his actual review says, "I recently found this podcast after meeting Sal at the National, and really happy to find, glad to have a focus strictly on hockey cards and collecting hockey." I look forward to each episode educational and entertaining. See, hear that, Tim? We are educational, despite your best efforts, <laughs> or my best efforts. Ah, oh, it's around 100 cards. Eh, serial numbered out of 199 or something. I'm not sure, right? Uh, somewhere around there. Something like that, you know. It was maybe five, ten years ago, right? Kind of fuzzy math, right? But, uh, yeah, educational. So, I'll take it. And, and entertaining.
1: I like to ballpark my facts. That way, I'm not really wrong, but I'm not right either.
0: Yeah, I know. You just yeah. I can't close claim enough.
1: myself to be a know-it-all, but I also cannot claim myself to be a, an expert or a moron. So I just fall in the middle,
0: right? Somewhere. Although we, some well, people
1: might think I'm a moron, whatever.
0: We're all in the middle somewhere. It's just some are closer to one side than the other side, and that some of us just kind of oscillate between the two.
1: That's the better place to live in the mushy gray area in the middle.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So wrapping this up, I just want to give another mention of the Puck Junk newsletter, which you can sign up for at puckjunk.com newsletter. So I send a weekly email Sunday night or Monday morning that basically recaps all the best things that happen in the world of hockey collecting, hockey cards, hockey memorabilia, hockey pop culture, anything hockey related that's cool and card- or collecting or memorabilia related i try to make a mention of that in there uh so please you can subscribe to that at puckjunk.com newsletter also give us a follow on social media tim is at the real dfg on x formerly known as twitter and i'm at puck junk at x formerly i'm never gonna known get as, used to that I'm formerly known as twitter right I think we should call it Twix, like Twitter X, or Twix for short, right? Because I don't want to call it X and it's not Twitter, so we should just mash up the two and, you know, follow me on Twix at PuckJunk, right? But then people will think I'm talking about a candy bar.
1: Are you more left Twix or right Twix?
0: I'm definitely more of a left Twix, left-handed shot, so it just makes sense.
1: Yeah, I'm a right Twix, because I'm right-handed, left. so I open it up and pull the right one
0: out. Yeah. So, anyway, thank you for listening to the Puck Junk hockey podcast and until next time collect what you like
1: for more hockey goodness follow us on twitter at puck Junk.